buried beneath the rubble of time are stories of God's sovereign hand moving in our great nation. Many believers, hopeless, frustrated, and confused, have all but given up on America. But we have faced dark times before, and by divine providence, overcome. From our studio on Capitol Hill, I'm your host, Joe Kirby, with Pastor Mike Creed and Andrew Friedenstein. How did three lost, frost-bitten American soldiers survive in West Germany on Christmas Eve? Take a moment with us to look back and find hope from history. It's December 1944, World War II is going on, and specifically the Battle of the Bulge, last great German offensive pushing back against the Allies as the end of the war was drawing nigh. And there's three American soldiers that get separated during the chaos and confusion of the battle. But not just for a little bit. It's They're in the Ardennes Mountains. It's wintertime. It's cold. And for three days, they're wandering around the mountains. They can hear the sounds of battle because the sound echoing off, but they cannot find where the battle is. One of them is badly wounded. Exactly. And so... You know, that they're calculating that. Are they going to run into Germans? They may be behind the German lines, you know, so their way to the battle, they stumble across the Germans, they get captured, and they just don't know where they're at. And so Christmas Eve, they stumble across a small cabin in the middle of these mountains. And a lady there by the name of Elizabeth Vicken and her 12-year-old son Fritz were staying in this cabin. And this is right on the border of Germany and Belgium. They're more hiding from the battle than anything. Exactly. Uh, they actually had another home that got destroyed in the war, so they kind of went to this uh, you know, cabin up in the mountains trying to hide away from everything, and then the battle's kind of happening around them, not right on top of them, but close. And so... And it's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve now. The most wonderful. Time of the year. Time of the year. We love Christmas. Yes. For those of you that know, Pastor Creed basically starts a countdown to Christmas starting January, I don't know, the 2nd or 3rd. Something like that. Yeah, so uh, everyone loves Christmas. Well, these three Americans stumble across this cabin. Well, they come up and knock on the door. And they come, and Elizabeth comes to the door, and they tell her their situation. And they're trying to find their way. They're starving. Uh, they're frigidly cold, and they're just trying to get help. Well, they didn't speak any German. She didn't speak any English. <laughs> so it's kind of a difficult situation. But she was, uh, you know, kind of, they were kind of able to communicate some. It's pretty obvious the condition that they were in. She was fixing a meal, and she invites them in for a meal. Now, that's amazing because German citizens it was an offense punishable by death to help the enemy, uh, any allied forces, in this case, Americans. And so um, so she decided to do that and risk her own life. But again, you know, what are the odds that this is anyone's ever going to find out? So they're in there trying to warm up and, and getting all the wet clothes off and, and settling down as she's making dinner. Then there's another knock at the door. And this time it's for German soldiers. Can you imagine the thoughts that ran through their heads? Even through her, through her head, yeah. Yeah. I just opened up. I mean, I'm trying to hide from this whole situation. My home has been destroyed. I'm now harboring the enemy, 
Punishable who, by death. And who could be at that door? Yes. And so she opens up the door, and lo and behold, it's four Germans, soldiers. In a similar situation, um, and they asked if they could come in. She looked at him and she said, well, you're welcome to come in, warm yourself by the fire and eat until the food is gone. But there are people inside that you would not consider to be friends. And the German uh, officer there, point blank, said, are there Americans inside? And she said, yes, there are. And she told him their condition. And uh, they said, if you come in, you got to leave your guns outside. Check your gun at the door. Check your gun at the door. And the corporal just looked at her, and she even told him one of them was wounded. Now, if you're thinking strategically like a soldier, it's four on three. So, not, I mean, you've got the advantage, plus one of them wounded. Now it's kind of four on two. And the soldiers know this. She knows this as she's saying. The guys inside, the Americans, this is not a big place. they got to know what's happening as well. I mean, mm-hmm. they've got to be overhearing some of this. And But the corporal there, the officer, the German officer, looks at her and says, it is the holy night, and there will be no shooting here. And so they leave their guns outside. Elizabeth goes inside, gets the Americans' guns, puts them outside right by the Germans' guns, and then invites the Germans in. And they sit down, and they eat Christmas Eve dinner together. Elizabeth, Fritz, three Americans, soldiers, four German soldiers, and it was a little frosty at first. They didn't know what to do with each other. Right. Uh, but uh, they eventually sat down and just ate and had a good time on yeah. a Christmas Eve. To make that, that one common thread was that it was Christmas Eve. Yeah. And people, you know, it's the beauty of Christmas is there really is, and, and it's, it's, you know, some people use the term, it's just the magic of Christmas. You know, obviously, as Christians, we don't believe in the magic, but that it is correct that there is something special about Christmas that's universal. I mean, e- even in the story, the guy that was injured, the one of the German soldiers treated the injured American. I mean, they're enemies five seconds before. They know they're going to be enemies, you know, just a day or two after this. I mean, they don't know exactly what's going to happen, but they're going to be fighting again. Mm-hmm. But he treats them because it's, Christmas Eve, it's the holy night. And, uh, I mean, it's just amazing. So then on top of that, they wake up the next day. The uh, Americans still don't know where they're at. I mean, you know, talking to Elizabeth, the the translations there's not good. So the uh, corporal, the German corporal, takes the Americans, shows them a map, a compass, and points them in the best way and tells them the best way to get back to the American lines. Now, the American asked a question about a certain area, and he goes, no, don't go there. We have that. The Germans are holding that now. Go the other direction. That's exactly right. So he would have been walking to what the Americans wanted to go to. They couldn't figure out how to get there, but they wanted to go to. It would have been, they would have been captured. So he treated the soldier, told him where to go, and they could have easily told him to go to a German-occupied area, and they wouldn't have known. But he... He just told him, no, go this way. I mean, it, it's it's completely uh, uh, against what they should have been doing. Right, right. But there's just something about Christmas. I love Christmas time. 
And one of the things I love about Christmas, I, I've been, there have been times when I've driven to my relative's house. We did Christmas at our house. I spent time with our kids and we read the Christmas story, opened the gifts. And uh, then we got in the car and went to my relative's house. And as I drove, it's like the whole world is quiet. Things are quiet. There's not many people on the road. And it's almost like, you know, the world recognizes that there's something special that happened. In uh, Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, uh, uh, a scripture that has really stood out in my mind usually every Christmas. But it, it talks about the angels. In verse 9 it says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came angels of angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid and the angel said unto them fear not for behold I bring you good tidings of great joy and here's the phrase which shall be to all people it's not just something that happens in America it's something that takes place all around the world and everyone recognizes it and that's the dynamic that I find personally so fascinating about this story is that the Germans want to say that on this holy night, there will be no shooting. Of course, you know, when you think of, uh, you know, holy night, you think of silent night, holy night. Um, many people say it's the most popular Christmas song in history. Um, and it was actually written originally in German. Um, it was written in what we call uh, in Austria at the time, but basically for all intents and purposes, Germany, and that's where it came from. I mean, these soldiers, you know, Christmas was part of their DNA as a culture as much as it is ours, if not more so. A lot of our Christmas carols actually are German in history. And uh, the Christmas tree, too, is, I believe, uh, German in history. But it's a beautiful story. And, I mean, Silent Night, I mean, my personal opinion, again, probably the most beautiful song ever composed and orchestrated. Is just absolutely gorgeous. And it really emulates what the silent night, holy night, and especially here in America, seems to be like more and more things are becoming, less things are sacred anymore. You know, things are just like whatever, blown off, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, what's new and exciting. Um, and if we're not careful, I think we'll do this. We'll, We'll do that with Christmas. In fact, I think some people already do that. I think we see that some in our culture. Christmas is just about shopping and when's that next deal and and this, that, and the other. And, oh, it's about uh, we got to prepare this big fancy meal and we've got to do this and this. And it just becomes about doing stuff, which may not be anything wrong with any of that individually, but it's, you know, God help us to keep it sacred, to keep it holy, you know, for it for us to take a time, for it to be silent. Because it is a holy night. It is a sacred night. And let us not forget the real reason for the season. We say that all the time, but it's true because we do all the time. It's a season of doing when it should be a season oftentimes of remembering. You know, that this is for everybody. It's all about Jesus Christ being born. It's all about the gospel. One of the things we like doing as a family, obviously on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, depending on our, our schedule, is making sure that we take time to read the Christmas story. We go through from uh, Matthew and Luke, um, different parts, and just just go through and talk about that, take turns with the family going around reading verse by verse and really getting the entire story all together. And 
uh, just trying to remember what it was like. And there's some different Christmas movies that we'll watch that are kind of help our kids visualize the, the struggle of Mary and Joseph going through and, and the, the threat that there was from Herod with, with uh, the birth right there and the wise men coming and that the wise men weren't at the manger, you know, kind of correcting Wait, some of they the, weren't? Hey, <laughs> sorry to burst your bubble there, but oh. your, your little uh, Christmas uh, ornament. Uh, not, oh, man, I got to change my manger scene <laughs> there now. There you go. There you go. Um, but just making sure they understand and, and know and think about that because it was a probably very calm, more quiet evening together obviously I, I, I try to imagine you know because obviously we've we've had our, our children and it was funny one of our kids i forget which which boy it was we had some teenagers that showed up i mean they found out that we were going to the hospital and they showed up within hours of our baby being born and it was kind of awkward them being there but they, we allowed them to come in and everything and, and see see one of the babies but with mary Jesus being born and just complete strangers, the shepherds just coming in and just looking at their baby, and they and they weren't in a comfortable environment. They're in this this manger, which some I guess describe as perhaps a, a cave or some kind of something into the rocks there in Bethlehem. Pastor, you may know more about the description of the actual area that Jesus was born in, but the fact of all these people coming in to see this this baby at a very um, Kind of uncomfortable and awkward time. Yet. Vulnerable. Yes. I mean, very vulnerable. I mean, especially as, you know, Mary, your wife just had a baby. And you got to think Joseph, you know, being the father, being protected. And then these men walk in. Right. Right. You know, and it's like, I mean, even if you, once you got past the uncomfortable side of things, like, what are you guys doing here? Right. You know, uh, you know, once you get past kind of the protection mode, then what do you do? So oh. you all can just... Staying there awkwardly, <laughs> I mean, looking at the baby, and, uh, and obviously there was. I mean, they knew the angels had obviously come to them. They knew this was the Christ child. They knew um, with the star being being there, uh, the shepherds being guided. Um, later on, obviously the the wise men w- would come to to a house where where they would be. But they knew there's something special about this child. But but still, just trying to think about the situation and being there, putting some skin. On, on the Bible, so to speak, to, to feel what a, what would it be like to be there. Um, it, it's a special time to think about uh, what it would be like. And if we're not careful, like I said, the gift giving, the hosting of family and friends over the parties and all that sort of thing. And it is a time of celebration. Yes. Um, but that should not overshadow, shouldn't overpower the whole purpose of this. And that is that Christ came um, as our Savior, to the Savior of, of the whole world. And that's why we come back to our story. That's why the Germans recognized that. The American soldiers recognized that. And we're grateful for that. What a present uh, for them. The soldiers, they, they were given a meal. They were, they were helped with, with their wounded and given directions. And this story was actually given by Ronald Reagan. Yes. And then recorded in the New York Times. Even the New York Times really questioning and finding out that Truly, the story did happen. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, going back to the verse there with the angel's declaration, for all people. And the Germans understood this, and the Americans did realize, wait, Christmas isn't just my culture. It's not a cultural thing. It's a man. It's humankind wide. It's for all people. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost, all of us. And he came for all of us. And it's not something that 
each individual person can claim or, or each a country can claim, excuse me, but each individual person can claim mm-hmm. Christ Christmas is for me. But it's also Christmas is for everybody else as well. Christ right. came for them. Yeah, there are even those who, who don't celebrate Christmas, whether they say that they just don't believe in God or they are of a different religion. Christmas is still for them. Yes. It, Christ is still for them. And so uh, we don't have to, uh, you know, shy away from saying, you know, Merry Christmas and not get into this whole happy holidays type of thing and taking Christ out of things. It was funny, just this past week, I went to go go get a Christmas tree. And um, the first place that I went to, uh, they said, oh, happy holidays, happy holidays, you know. And I was like, okay, you know, and then um, went around and it, it, it didn't get a tree there. And then I found another place and it was actually at the, the volunteer fire department down in um, – at Brian's Road. Okay. And um, first thing I said is, what, what kind of trees do you guys have here? And they're like Christmas trees. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a winner right there. So, and to get my, uh, our, our, our family Christmas tree there. So, so you got a real one. I got a real one. Yeah. We like the, the smell of the pine. It just does something to uh, help us out. Especially when we were, we were coming from California, we needed something that was authentically uh, Christmassy versus just. Um, I mean, you don't you know, get a lot of. Pine trees there on the, just on the uh, coast. I mean, you imagine when you get your pre- open up your presents and you can actually go outside and play with them because it's 70 degrees outside. And that's yeah. just kind of normal for us. And over here, it's just uh, we, Well, when I was growing thing. up, I did that too. I got snow boots and winter jackets <laughs> and wool socks. I went outside and played well, with we're those. We're talking shorts and T-shirts. I mean, we're talking a whole <laughs> different language right now. But, but whether you're in California or in Maryland, Christmas is Christmas and ought to be celebrated as such. It is Christ's birth. And uh, obviously we know it, it may not have been that day to, you know, that particular thing, but it is a date set aside to celebrate Christ's birth. And that's why we take advantage uh, of this whole time. Let me read you those words again out of Luke 2. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Christmas is a joyful season, but it's for all people, throughout all of history. May we remember to take just a few moments and remember it is a holy time, and it needs to have some silent time as well. We are thinking, we're meditating, we're praising the Lord for Him humbling Himself and coming to earth, and make sure we are leading our families in our churches and remembering this holy season.